Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Ellie Chadwick. She is a graduate research assistant from Auburn University. Thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here. You know, here in the U.S., we have new part standards for Salmonella and Campylobacter, particularly as they relate to uh, chicken parts. So uh, the industry has been doing all they can to try to tighten up on the on their standards right now. Uh, I understand you recently did some work on Salmonella Heidelberg and environmental factors and how that affects how that affects colonization. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Salmonella has been a major concern in the poultry industry, but most of the focus to control the salmonella has been in the processing plants. However, you want to look at the source of contamination, which is at the farms. There's no source of control or really any sort of implementation to control salmonella at the pre-harvest level, which is a huge concern because that is where birds are becoming contaminated. When looking at literature, a lot of people will compare or do a multiple comparison. Well, they'll look at different ways in which salmonella is entering birds at the farm, look at the colonization sites, and then decide, okay, this one entryway is of concern because there's greater colonization compared to one other. But we cannot only compare two different entryways when there's many different ways that salmonella can go into birds. So our research was unique in that we took five different entryways to see how salmonella could get into birds. And what are those five entryways? <laughs> we wanted to find all different orifices that salmonella can enter a bird, especially at the um, chick age. So the day that the chicks left the hatchery, we gave them an oral inoculation, which is just like a drink. Um, it's been well documented that salmonella can contaminate birds by just eating contaminated matter, and it colonizes throughout the digestive tract. And that's a huge concern because in the removal of viscera at the processing plants, there could be some tearing that occurs and then a carcass becomes contaminated and then multiple carcasses will become cross-contaminated. Um, the next one, and this was my favorite, um, was the intratracheal inoculation, which I never considered, but they're now finding salmonella on dust and debris throughout poultry houses. And you wanna have a relatively low humidity within a poultry house in order to decrease ammonia emissions. However, if there's high dust levels and they can move salmonella throughout the house and it cause colonization in all the birds. So we wanted to mimic the, um, the dust and debris contamination by giving them a spray directly into their trachea. It was like they were breathing it in. Um, we gave an eye inoculation, which was pretty interesting as well. Um, birds, as well as other animals, have something called a nasolacrimal duct, and it connects your eyes, your nose, and your mouth to your digestive system. So when we gave them salmonella in the eye, we were able to find colonization that occurred throughout the digestive tract, showing that there is still the movement in that orifice as well. This is a really complicated pathogen, isn't it? It is fascinating. I have absolutely loved researching it. <laughs> Okay, um, let's go, go on to the next step. Yes, so the next one was a cloacal inoculation. Um, birds will take an influx of air in order to just kind of observe their environment, environment learn their um, immune responses that need to be developed, understand the microbiota that needs to be established within their gut, absorbing air into their cloaca. So we flooded their cloaca with salmonella. And something that I was not expecting to see was when you apply a lot of liquid to a cloaca, it'll actually absorb it in and you can see the movement of the lips. <laughs> and the bird was able to take in salmonella that way as well, and we were able to find colonization. And then the last one was a subcutaneous inoculation route, and this was to mimic cut scratches or abrasions when um, birds are being placed or if they're putting put onto litter. And we just wanted to see, um, there's other bacterial studies that have been done 
where they gave scratches on the breast of birds and looked to see if colonization happened, if that was enough of the abrasion to let the bacteria in. And with our subcutaneous inoculation, we were also able to find salmonella. Now, how many birds were in the study and how old were they? Um, the birds were, the day they left the hatchery, the birds were inoculated with salmonella and then they were grown to market weight. We only wanted to grow them for 32 to 36 days because we um, were the ones who were collecting the samples and we didn't want to have a 10 pound bird they were having to cut up. Um, we were averaging 100 birds per inoculation route and we did um, five inoculation routes and we did two different serotypes of salmonella. And these birds have not received any salmonella vaccination? No salmonella vaccination. And what about the hens that produce these chicks? Yes, prior to the chicks placement, we took environmental samples around the house to ensure that the serotype of interest wasn't, um, there was no pre-exposure. But had the hens been vaccinated? The, I'm not sure if the hens were vaccinated, but when we collected the chicks, we did euthanize some of the chicks and collect Zika samples and looked for salmonella colonization and we couldn't find it. Our serotypes were also unique in that they were resistant to both nalidisic acid and novobiosin, so we were able to select which salmonella serotype we were trying to recover. And we can incorporate nalidisic acid and novobiosin in our media to see if the salmonella of interest was one that was growing. So was this study done at the university or on a real farm? Um, this study was done at the university. It was on Auburn's poultry farms and it was funded by the U.S. Poultry and Egg Association. Excellent. So. What would be the takeaway messages then for the industry based on your, your findings? The takeaway message from our findings would just be, it would be the need for further analysis in certain entryways in order to determine or to better understand since we've had a five comparison, now that we know which inoculation routes are of concern, we need further analysis of why these are of concern. So further research needs to look into the intratracheal inoculation route, which allowed for greatest colonization with um, all in comparison to all other inoculation routes. Um, the poultry industry also lacks a standardized sampling method for salmonella at the pre-harvest level. And since we were able to pull 14 samples from each bird with two serotypes of salmonella, five inoculation routes each, we're able to recover salmonella in certain areas of the bird that the industry could utilize as the pre-harvest standardized sampling method. Now, your study was specific to Salmonella Heidelberg. Would you expect to see similar results with other types of Salmonella? Salmonella is a fascinating organism, and there's differentiation between serotypes that can occur. The difficulty with Salmonella in the industry right now is that there's a wave of which serotypes are more or less popular, but they all react slightly differently in the birds. So we had a greater recovery of Salmonella enterotitis in comparison to Salmonella Heidelberg in our studies overall when looking at the number of positive samples that were recovered. But there were certain um, sampling sites that we collected that were more likely to be positive for Salmonella Heidelberg in comparison to enterotitis. And there are some areas where they were both colonized. Um, we had similar recovery in colonization sites. Have you considered doing this study again with vaccines involved? Uh, the study is actually only a fourth of the way done. Um, we dosed these birds on day zero. Now we're looking at dosing them on day 14 and then on day 28 to see if we can see a difference in the colonization that occurs. We haven't looked into vaccinations yet though. But Ellie, I'm not sure I have met anybody who's so passionate and enthusiastic about salmonella, but um, the work you're doing seems like it's gonna be really valuable to the industry. Thank you, I appreciate that. We have been talking to Ellie Chadwick. She is a graduate research assistant at Auburn University. Ellie, thank you again.